Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity with your Bible teacher, Attorney Mosley Collins. On this program, Mosley is joined by his special guest, Dr. Donald Partridge. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. And now, here is your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Welcome, my dear ones, to today's edition of Real Christianity. And I am joined in the studio by my dear friend, Dr. Donald Partridge. Hello, Don. Hi, Mosley. And Don and I are going through a program, a series we call Understanding Various Books of the Bible. And we're in Understanding Philippians. And today we are beginning with uh, picking up where we left off last time with Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. Yes. And Don, if it's okay with you, I'll begin reading that. Let's do it. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure and do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Yes. So, Don, what can we say about this section of Scripture? Hey, look at this. I just love this verse 12 where he says, Have you always obeyed, not in my presence only? Again, we've talked about this. But he's saying, you're, you're real. You're real in front of me. You're real behind my back. Right. And I'll tell you something, <clears throat> and, and you have talked about this in the past, Mosley, what are we like Sunday in church, and what are we like Monday morning out in the workforce right. or with our wives behind closed doors? And I'm telling you, Mosley, the reason why I and this is I think this is this is correct. The reason why my kids, children, and I have seven of them, are naming the name of Jesus Christ today. They're all married. They all have kids, or not all of them have kids, but I mean we have got twelve grandkids. Um, the reason why they're naming Jesus Christ is because I lived it 24 hours a day, and I'm not me but the grace of God in me, that it impacted their lives, that this is real. When I didn't, I didn't swear in church, I didn't swear outside of church, you mm-hmm. know. I, I was kind in church, I was kind outside of church. I was patient in church, patient outside of church. And that's what your point is, and I've heard it in the past, and that is you live it every day. Right, and people, especially teenagers, have a radar, and young people have radars that so will pick up on hypocrisy. Oh, absolutely. Boy, yeah. I'll tell you, you can see it. <laughs> and, and in one sense, the world wants to see it because then it justifies them. Yeah, you know? that's right. And they, you know, so there's a saying that says, I can't hear what you're saying because what you're doing is yeah, oh, speaking so loudly. Excellent. It's what you're doing is basically shouting at me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I can't hear your I can't words hear because your I words. see your life. Yeah. So, uh, so important that and this is, I think, his point here. Yeah, it is. And then let's go to the next one, uh, Philippians two thirteen. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Yes. 
that is a very comforting verse for me because, you know, we, if you're a sincere Christian, you want to live a godly life. And this verse is telling you that God in you will be working in you so that you will want to and will do his will. And so it's not just God uh, helping you do things, but it's God in you both will to will and to do. In other words, God puts in your heart, if you will seek him, a desire to be a godly person. Oh, I see. You're emphasizing the word works in you, yeah. that God is in you, both to alter your insides so that you conform to his image. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yes, that both both to will. Yeah. So we all have a will, will and we want and God to do. and to do. So both yeah. both to desire, God is in us both to desire to do the right thing and to do the right thing. I'll, I'll tell you something mostly, and I know this is uh, maybe a difficult to hear, but anyway, this is my opinion. Um, I don't buy it when people say, well, you know, I can just sin and God will forgive me and I just kind of live a sinful life as a Christian. I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it. You know, do you hear what I'm saying? Because because it's God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. How come it's not working? Yeah. Christianity mostly works. It does. God, the Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he reconciled the world to him through his Son, works. Mm-hmm. And to say Christianity doesn't work makes him a liar. Yeah. And it bothers me when I see people not living the life and they say they're Christians yet not living it. That's my thing, you know. Well, here's what I think you're saying, Don, yeah. is we all stumble uh, from time to time. Yes. But we don't want to choose a lifestyle that's ungodly. In other words, if someone uh, stumbles and, and they have... Uh, they do something they know they shouldn't do, and the next day they're, oh, I'm so sorry, God, help me not do that again. And then they don't, or and they, they try you know, not they to, at least. At least they work on it. So, yeah. But people who say, let's just take pornography, for example. And they're willingly doing it. Yeah. yeah. Someone who's, who once in a while uh, looks at pornography, even though they, they know they shouldn't, and they think, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I just, because, you know, everybody, every male, I, at least, can feel pornography pull at him. And, you know, if it pulls at you and you make a mistake and you click on it and then you get this email and you click on it and, and you shouldn't have done that. And you think, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And you don't want to do that. Right. That's a whole different thing than yep. someone who yep. says, oh, I enjoyed pornography. It's okay. I'm choosing it as a lifestyle yeah. and I'm sure it's fine. No, that's not fine. Yeah. And, what you're talking about is a wrestling. There's a wrestling with good and the flesh and we're wrestling. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And occasionally we fall. I, I hear that. But but what, then the other thing you're talking about is a person saying it's okay. Yeah, it's a big the fact that someone uh, if, if let's say someone's engaged to be married, and uh, one night they stumble and they they have uh, more they have a, an intimate relationship with their fiance which they they knew they shouldn't and they're sorry. That's quite different than someone who says, "Well, I'm just going to live with this girl, and that's going to be my lifestyle." And they boldly before yeah. before Christ and before the world, and they name the name of Jesus Christ and do these things. Yeah, you know? because you can't choose a lifestyle of sin and make heaven your home. If you if you choose a lifestyle of fornication or drunkenness or lasciviousness or all these things, uh, fornication. If you choose that as a lifestyle, and I've had many many discussions with people. Uh, even some in my own family, you can't choose that as a lifestyle and make heaven your home. You're just not going to. Yeah, yeah. Also, too, to add on to this, verse 14, do all things without complaining and disputing, that's also a lifestyle. People, as a lifestyle, are complainers, and they're disputers. 
Yeah. There are people that just want to just fight you all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. they just all have their opinion and they're going to let everybody know it. Mm-hmm. And they just, that's a lifestyle mostly. Mm-hmm. Not only not only the moral lifestyle, but also the words, uh, the attitude. And he's saying do all things without complaining and mm-hmm. dispu- disputations mm-hmm. that you may become blameless and harmless. Yeah. The thing is, there are people that are not harmless. Yeah. They, they push everybody around all the time. They're disputing. Christians and non-Christians. <laughs> yes. And we don't want that as a lifestyle. We don't. So let's talk about that for a minute. It says, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in, a, in the midst of a crooked, crooked and perverse, perverse. generation. Yeah. Now that is where we live. We live in a crooked and perverse generation. generation. And you know, there's a couple a couple of things in the Bible that reminds me of. It reminds me of when Moses went up on yeah. the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And while he was gone, they created, uh, the people down there decided to have, you know, they created the golden calf and they began to worship the golden calf. They began to play, meaning that's probably sexual fornication mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. And these were these were the people named by God right. that were doing this. And so God said to Moses, get yourself down. For these people oh. have corrupted themselves. Oh. That's the same word, crooked and perverse, corrupted. We live there. I mean, okay, you're going to turn on the TV. You're going to turn on your your computer. You're going to see the advertisements for mu- movies, and you're going to hear the music. All those things are coming from a crooked and perverse generation. Yes. And, you know, one of the, an example of that is uh, in Second Peter, which uh, let me just read that for us. Second Peter uh, chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. And Peter writes, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them for, to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Now that's a, that's a, that in a way is a picture of how we live. Of the crooked and perverse generation. And those of us who try to be righteous, who, who have, who, who name the name of Jesus, then we sometimes have our souls tormented and vexed by, uh, from day to day by seeing and hearing the, the lawless deeds around us. Yes, yes. I mean, you can, um, you can walk into a magazine store and find enough things in there to destroy your Christianity. Yes. Well, it vexes us. Yeah. I mean, just going by buying something at the store, you look at the magazines along the stand, and you're just thinking, oh, my God, this is a crooked and perverse world. You know, Right. Yeah. So the Bible is asking us to not embrace that world, but to live a godly life, a well, different life. Well, he's talking to the Philippian church here, yeah. and what is, what is his assessment of the Philippian church? He says, among whom you shine... As mm-hmm. lights mm-hmm. in the world, yeah. And you know what I've thought for, I've thought about a lot. If you light a candle on, in the daytime, it doesn't shine that bright. Yeah. But if you light a candle at night, it really shines. It's burning and shining. Yeah. You know. So that's you know. There's a scripture in the Bible that says where sin abounds, grace does much more. Yes. Abound. And so even though the world gets worse and worse, uh, it seems, uh, and gets darker and darker, 
it's really an opportunity for us to shine brighter and brighter. I've told my sons, and I've sat down eye-to-eye with my sons, and I've probably done this to my daughters too, but I was particularly <laughs> with my sons because they're going into the U.S. Marine Corps. I have three sons who are three U.S. Marines. And I've said to them, and, I, and, I, and looking at this verse here, in fact, working with as you shine as lights in the world, I said to my sons, I said, look, when when you feel that maybe our country is going downhill, when you feel the other countries are going downhill, and even your own community and neighborhood may be going downhill, this is not the time for you to say, oh, what the heck? You know, this whole world is going to hell in a right. handbasket. Right. Oh, well, I just don't have to um, seek Christ and live a new new life with uh, because of this whole world. I mean, everything is just falling apart. Who cares? And I said, that is the time. Yes. More than ever yes. that you need to stand up for righteousness yes. and shine as lights yeah. in this crooked world. Yep. More That's than ever. Such good advice because the darker our world becomes the brighter we can shine. We can shine. And we must shine. And we must shine. Yeah. yeah. And if, in fact, the Bible says of John the Baptist, Jesus said, he was a bright and shining light and you rejoiced in his light. You know, that's what I want to be. And that's what I know you want to be. And that's what I pray that our dear listeners will want to be, a bright and shining light in, yeah. in a dark world. Adding to this, he says in verse 16, holding fast the word of of life. Oh, yes. And that's where it comes to where we become mm-hmm. biblicist. Mm-hmm. We become lovers of the Word, of yeah. the Bible. We yeah. read the Bible. It becomes part of our daily uh, n- nutrition yeah. That as we absorb the Bible daily. What, my dear, dear listener, what you need to know is that every word of the Bible, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, to the end of Revelation— is the infallible Word of God, and build your life on it. If you don't settle that in your mind, my listener, that this Word of life is something God-inspired that you can absolutely trust and absolutely preach and absolutely rely on, you're lost as a Christian. I think it's this Word that keeps us shining bright. If it's not for this Word, I think we're just going to join the world. And it's so simple once you do that. Because I don't worry about whether Jonah was swallowed by a fish because the Bible says he was, and so it's done for me. I don't worry about evolution because the Bible says, by faith we understand God formed the worlds, created them. So I don't worry about it because once the Bible says it, that answers it for me. That's right. We're taking it by faith that it is the word of God. And we've also seen it produce in our lives. Uh Every Christian will see it, and Mm -hmm. therefore it even excites our faith to Mm -hmm. say more and more. Faith comes by hearing, hearing Mm -hmm. by the word of God. And I'll go further, Don, and I'll say this, that everything Jesus said would happen will happen exactly like he said. And everything we know at that up to this point it has happened. It has just happened. like he said. And when Jesus said, "I'm coming again," then he's coming he's again. Co- coming again. And everything he promised for the future will happen exactly as he said. Exactly. And you can bet your life on it. And that's what you and I have bet our lives on. Absolutely. And it's a it's a safe bet. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to um, beginning of now, we're chapter two, verse nineteen. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I may. Also be encouraged when I know of your state, for I have no one like-minded 
who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall come shortly. Paul being in prison. Paul being in prison. Trusting that he will be released and that he'll join them, yes. Mm -hmm. So this thing about, uh, we should comment for a minute about um, Timothy, and it's really the spirit of Timothy is is the spirit of someone who, it says in verse 21, uh, the other people sought their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, but you know Timothy's proven character. As a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. So, you know, there is um, a high calling in the ministry to want to serve the flock of God. In fact, Jesus told Peter three times. He said to him, do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, I love you. Well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, he began to be grieved. You know all things. Mm-hmm. He said, then feed my sheep. And that's what we're called to do, Don. And that's what we hope to do in this radio program. Well, this Timothy hazarded his life with Paul. I mean, yeah. he was put in extreme mm-hmm. duress mm-hmm. many, many times. And Paul is saying, this guy's me. I mean, he has been weathered. He is real. <laughs> weathered. No, I mean, yeah. he. yeah, he's a ship that's gone mm-hmm. gone out and now back in port. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an unproven vessel yeah, here. Proven. And this is a proven vessel. And he's saying, all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus in verse 21. But he's saying Timothy is not that guy. Yeah. Timothy is a real real person and don't we want to be that before yeah. the lord jesus mm-hmm. when we have our ups and downs of yes. our life don't we want to have a steady confession yeah. that we've been weathered too correctly for jesus yes yeah. uh, you know our dear listeners don and i pray that you will have the heart of timothy which is a sincere man who wants to advance the cause of christ we we absolutely do let's go to verse 25 of, of chapter 2 yet i consider it necessary to send to you aphroditus my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in esteem, because for the work of Christ he became close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service towards me. So uh, here here we have uh, a scripture you know, there's a, there's a false teaching that goes around that if you have faith, you'll never be sick. Well, that's not true. Yeah. Here's a great man, a sincere man, a man even named in the, in the Bible who was sick 
Yes. Sometimes we get sick. Sometimes things happen to sometimes, good people. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes, sometimes difficult things happen to good people. Yeah. Epaphroditus was a fellow who was, was sent by the church with uh, finances for Paul uh-huh. and went and supplied his need. Mm-hmm. And then while he was there, he got sick. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but his service was over with Paul. Paul sends him back because he knew the, Corinthian, or the, the Philippian church knew that he was sick nearly to death, he sent him back saying, I just want you to know, I want to comfort you guys with the coming of Epaphroditus back to you guys. He's done what was lacking. He fulfilled those things yeah. that you um, that you required of me. So, um, But God had mercy on him, and God has mercy on all of us, even though oh. sometimes we find darkness in our life. You know, I, verse 27 is, is where it says that. It says, for in, he indeed was sick, almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, yes. and not only on him, but on me also. Now, I prayed many times when my children are sick, or when other people are sick, I'll pray, I have a daughter named Casey, and I'll pray, I've prayed, Lord, I just pray that you heal Casey and have mercy on her, and not also, not just on Casey, but also well, on me and our family, yeah. because when one of us is sick, when one of us is hurt, when we one of us is struggling, we all struggle. And so um, that's a great way to pray, to ask God for mercy, not just for the person who's struggling, who's sick, or who's have problems, but also on the rest of us because we love those people. And I think that's pleasing in God's sight. Well, he's looking at Epaphroditus and Epaphroditus' sickness as a, um, a suffering for Jesus Christ. Yes. And a lot of times we look and we see our discomforts that happen to us, and we don't say, well, this is for Jesus Christ. This is just a discomfort we have. But, you know, we're in human flesh, and we just have dif- different problems. But, you know, we, but I think the Holy Spirit is saying that's what this world is. There's sufferings of this world. I think that's part of the sufferings of Christ, that we are Christians going through this world and we have these problems. Yeah. But I think that if we turn all our problems to Jesus Christ, we can make them sufferings for him and we can rejoice in him over that. Well, that reminds me of something you said to me uh, about a year ago. And you, so you were, we were talking one time, you said, you know, people in difficulty, they'll pray, Lord, take me out of this difficulty. When they ought to be praying, Lord, just reveal yourself to me and walk with me through this difficulty. Let me use this difficulty to get closer to Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Because God, the real truth is and that we are going to be in the world. And Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. And he went on to say, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. But God normally does not take us out of the difficult situation. Right. If we are... Um, as you, you just went through the loss of a job, yes, and he didn't fix that overnight. Right. Um, we're going to go through medical issues. Yes. We're going to go through, some of us are going to go through bankruptcy. Some of us are going to go through divorce. Some of us are going to go through a lot of things. And and, and, and our children go through things, mm-hmm. and our parents go through things. And I mean, this world is just, it just keeps going on and on. And uh, so, but what I've learned Don, I think you have, and this is what you told me, you know, a year ago, that God doesn't take us out of those difficult places. Yes. He just walks with us. Yes, and Paul is walking with Epaphroditus through yeah. his suffering. And and so is, really, the whole church of uh, Philippians is walking with Paul through his imprisonment. Yes. And it must be, it, it would be concerning 
to a, a congregation to have their minister arrested. <laughs> but uh, here, God is going to get glory in this. Yes. And that's what will happen, my dear listeners, to, in all the difficult situations that we walk through. God will get glory if we walk with Him, if we stay faithful with Him, if we put Him first. And Don and I pray that what you've heard here today will help you live a life of real Christianity. Thank you for joining Attorney Mosley Collins and his special guest, Dr. Donald Partridge. This program has been sponsored by the Personal Injury Law Offices of Attorney Mosley Collins. If you have been badly injured, the last thing you need is another bill. That is why, when Mosley accepts your case, there is never a fee until he wins your case. For over 30 years, we have been helping people badly injured in accidents and also victims of medical malpractice win their cases. We can help you win your case too. For help, dial 916-444-4444 to speak to our staff. Just remember, that's all fours for legal help. For Mosley and Dawn and all of us here, thank you for listening and join us again for the next installment of Real Christianity.